Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. After I talked to our guest at the Republican National Convention a couple of years ago in Cleveland, he agreed to come on the Rusk Report, and he's back again. I believe it's the third time on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada with 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Our guest is Charles P. Joyce. He is the national committee man for the Republican National Committee from New York State. He is also president of Otis Eastern Service, LLC, of Wellsville, New York. Otis Eastern, founded in 1936, is one of the nation's leading constructors of high-pressure pipelines to transport oil, natural gas, and petroleum products from producers to the market. In 72, following his graduation from Cornell University with a B.A. in government, Charles P. Joyce, started working with Joyce Leonard Canada Limited, managing construction projects in Western Canada and Australia. In 77, he became president of Joyce Western Corporation and managed that company's construction activities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our guest today, chairman of the board of Otis Eastern Service, LLC, Charles P. Joyce. Uh, let's first talk, before we talk about pipelines and fracking, let's talk about Congressional District 27. I know you were a close friend of Congressman Chris Collins. You worked with him to get Trump elected. And um, where do you see it? You know probably most of the players who are thinking of running for that Congressional District. Who does Charlie Joyce want to see as the next congressman? Brian, I want to see somebody who can make sure that we keep the seat. And it's important that the process is followed so that uh, so that the people in the district can make the choice. And so what's going to happen now is that uh, that the the county chairs who are impacted by by the uh, pullout of Chris Collins are going to make the choice. And, and I'm going to leave it to them. Obviously, I I think that we have some very strong candidates up there, and you know some of the familiar names like Stefan Mihailu and Kyle Palladino. But but also we've got some people involved in in, in other races that, that have kind of thrown their hat into the ring or been mentioned. And and I I, I think it's gonna be difficult for for, uh, for the county chairs to, to pick a, a sitting state senator to run for this seat given the the thin margin that uh, that we have right now in, in in the New York State Senate, and so I think they have a difficult difficult decision, and 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 I'm going to kind of withhold my thoughts on on who I would prefer, and then let the people with skin in the game make the choice. But again, I I believe that uh, I've seen as many as 14 or 15 names. Mm-hmm. I know most of them. I think two or three have dropped out over the last couple of days. 
but I believe we'll field a strong candidate and, and hold that seat. Okay, very good. I know that uh, Charlie Joyce is friendly with Stefan Mahalyu, the Erie County Comptroller, and he sees a lot of promise in the career of Stefan Mahalyu statewide in New York State. Now let's sp- uh, go back to your business. Again, Charles P. Joyce is chairman of the board of Otis Eastern Service LLC in Wellsville, New York. There's talk of a pipeline or different pipelines being placed in New York State. You're in this industry with oil and gas and transporting these products uh, throughout uh, the U.S. and internationally. Uh, What is the situation with the pipeline? What do we need from Albany to get more commerce for oil and gas? Charlie Joyce. Well, right now, Brian, the the ability of, of developers for these pipeline projects to secure permits to, to build across New York State is basically at a halt on, on the state level. Governor Cuomo has declared war on all fossil fuels, and that, that doesn't only uh, uh, take into consideration the, the drilling and production, but also the transportation of, of fossil fuels across our state, whether it be by rail or by pipeline, and, and on the pipeline side of it, there there are half a dozen major pipeline projects that are that are on the books that are ready to be built by developers. The money's there to go ahead and build these things to to, to take product that the primarily natural gas, which is being produced in West Virginia. Ohio and Pennsylvania out of the shale formations and transport them up into New England where where the need is so great for for competitive cheap fuel and all of these projects right now uh, have been on hold due to action, actions by Governor Cuomo and and the people at the DEC who work directly for him and, and take orders from him and they've actually stopped these uh, multi-billion dollar pipeline projects from from being permitted they use federal water quality issues and actually they, they use them in, in, in an incorrect way what what I've seen what we've seen over the past couple of months is that the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission has come back and overruled Governor Cuomo in a couple of instances uh, just last week uh, uh, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission overruled the DEC, which has stopped a pipeline from from uh, owned by National Fuel from being built from Pennsylvania on up through to the Buffalo area, where it'll fit into their other systems to carry natural gas on up into Canada and, and across New York State to New England. So, it's starting to turn around a little bit. That uh, Cuomo and his uh, DEC people have have used uh, the law to their advantage, but they've used it incorrectly, and the federal government is starting to step in and, and going to grant some permits to allow these things to be built. So I, I see some good movement, and, and it's all as a result of, uh, of the Trump administration and, and the people in Washington uh, taking a stance that, that we need this energy moving. So, so I, I see uh, things turning around a little bit here just, just recently. Wonderful. Well, you know, I've been to Pennsylvania when my kids, and you met 
my son at the Buffalo Bills game. When my kids were looking at colleges, we went to Pennsylvania in the last seven or eight years. And these little towns where Franklin Marshall and uh, Bucknell and other colleges in uh, Pennsylvania are, they were booming with truckers and restaurants and stores and hotels just booming because of the fracking. Uh, let's talk about overregulation. Is New York State and energy terribly overregulating that's hurting our economy and especially the southwestern uh, tier of New York State with the Marcellus Shale and those towns look very sleepy. How do you see it, Charlie Joyce? Well, certainly this is the most uh, impoverished area of, of New York State along the along the border, along from uh, from Chautauqua County across to the the, the Catskill Catskill counties uh, over in Broome County and, and beyond, that where the uh, the actual formations that produce natural gas and, and, and oil uh, extend up in from Pennsylvania up into and into central New York. So we could be producing natural gas and some oil out of these formations, but right now we're blocked by again the DEC's ruling that uh, won't allow high pressure fracturing, which accompanies this drilling process. So, so certainly the states that are producing it. The, the, there are several uh, shale formations around the country. The Dakotas has big ones. The uh, Southwest has big ones. We have the biggest of all in what's called the Marcellus Shale up in our part of the country. And West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania are producing huge amounts of natural gas and oil. And their, their states are benefiting greatly because of the uh, the income that's produced tax-based uh, the, the uh, the expenditures of the developers and things, and, and we're missing out totally. And it's things that uh, the, the the lower region of New York State, the uh, the southern tier, over into the Catskills, could desperately use. We're we're missing the boat totally, and we could be using the energy right here in New York State to promote manufacturing and and uh, cheaper energy for for townships, power plants, all sorts of things. Our guest today is a gifted leader in the energy business. I'm talking about Charles P. Joyce. He speaks all over the country about oil and gas. He's the National Republican Committeeman representing New York State. He is chairman of the board of Otis Eastern Service LLC in Wellsville, New York. We have a little plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454. They have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our recent guest, a good friend of Charles P. Joyce, Ed Cox, New York State Republican Chair, Liz Carey with the AAA, and Bob Collins, former president of the Gravenhurst, Ontario Chamber of Commerce. We have coming up food executives Ivana and Conrad Lowell from Chicago, NASA astronaut Bill Gregory, 
and Professor Ray Ferris regarding opioid addictions with Clarion University in Pennsylvania. A little bit more information about Charles P. Joyce. He joined his father, Charles H. Joyce, at Otis Eastern in 83 as vice president and became president in 95. The company has experienced steady growth and is recognized as, as a Northeast-based pipeline contractor specializing in projects with tough environmental and logistic challenges. Again, our guest today is a very gifted business leader, Charles Joyce, chairman of the board, Otis Eastern Service, LLC, and National Republican Committee man from New York State. We have fracking throughout the United States, but we don't allow it in New York State, and the owner of the Buffalo Bills has made his money in fracking. So people in western New York, where we tape this program, they like the money from fracking, but they don't want to allow fracking. Why is fracking a good idea in New York State, and how will it economically revitalize our southwestern tier of New York State? Charles Joyce. Well, Brian, uh, uh, you mentioned the owner of the Buffalo Bills also owns the uh, Buffalo Sabres, and, and, and he is still he's drilling wells right over in Potter County, which is just across the border from where I sit, less than 10 miles from, from where I sit in my seat in, in Wellsville, New York. <clears throat> Terry Pagula is, uh, and his companies are drilling natural gas wells and, and then fracking the wells to produce the natural gas. So, so there's nothing that's different in the geology over there or the environmental restrictions. It's, it's just the, that they're allowed to do it and, and we aren't. Let me back up just a little bit uh, because mm-hmm. the government's war on, on, on fossil fuels goes even deeper than, 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 than the uh, fracking technology. Basically, he's declared that, that anybody, that, that, that the energy industry, the production of oil and natural gas in, uh, in, in New York State is... Uh, is a hundred and 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 twenty year industry. Mm-hmm. My my grandfather worked in it uh, in, in the fields in in the early nineteen uh, hundreds, and uh, and people have been producing oil and gas here. Tomorrow, I'm going to a uh, a, a celebration of the hundredth anniversary of the New York State uh, Oil Producers Association, and it it could be the hundredth last year. Uh, Governor Cuomo has done everything he can to, uh, to to make things more difficult, to pass more regulations. And these are wells that are drilled in shallow formations that don't have anything to do with fracking. There's no high-pressure fracking involved in these wells, but, but basically uh, uh, he'd like to see us all out of business. And so a 100-year-old industry that, that, em- that employs thousands of people statewide could soon be out of business. Now, the fracking technology that's used today is so far removed from what uh, was used seven, eight years ago when the battle for, for uh, about the, the use of fracking in, in New York State actually took place. And things are things were good then. They're, they're, they're so much better now and, and, and so much more refined that it's it's like night and day, and we've learned a lot in the industry. So so a lot of the the worries that people had about the technology shouldn't exist anymore. But we're not going to we don't seem to be able to get that um, can't can't bring that to the public for to the public attention because uh, 
the, the, the D.C. And, uh, and Governor Cuomo just won't allow it. So I'm, uh, unless we get a change at the, at, in the leadership positions, a, a new governor, for, for example, uh, then, then that somebody that will give it a solid look, I can't, uh, I don't foresee any quick fix. I know that uh, both our uh, Republican candidate for Governor uh, Mark Molinaro and our and our candidate for the U.S. Senate, Shel Farley, both have spoken out recently about the fact that we need to, to uh, put this uh, oil production, oil and gas production, back on New York State's map and and, and move ahead with them. And, and that's the type of leadership that that we need to uh, to to bring this back and to uh, bring some prosperity to a, a, an area of the state that desperately needs it. We'll benefit the rest of the state too. Well, you have three middle to left Democrats running with Minor and Cuomo and Cynthia Nixon. In fact, she's uh, uh, more of a socialist than a Democrat, I believe, in the Bernie Sanders mold. And then you have Molinaro from middle to right, Marcus Molinaro running for governor of New York State. Uh, because you got three candidates on the Democratic side, killing each other. Do you think Molinaro has a chance to win this year like Pataki did? Charlie Joyce. Uh, two weeks ago, Brian, I attended the Republican Governors Association meeting in, in, in Colorado. And, and as you know, uh, there are 33 Republican governors in, in the U.S. right now, uh, and then only 17 Democratic governorships. Uh, so, uh, you get to listen to, uh, to to leaders of the of, of other states who are doing well with their economies, and uh, Mark Molinaro came to that meeting and, and was and was given the opportunity to speak in front of the the, uh, the group and and uh, and all of the governors, and and explained to them why this race is different than than what it was before. It's, it's as you said, it's not just one on one with with Andrew Cuomo. It's 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 a race that, that has some diversity to it and, and with uh, Stephanie Meyer and, and Cynthia Nixon involved that there's an opportunity here that, that, that hasn't ever been duplicated. In other words, if uh, if if each of those uh candidates can take uh, some votes away from uh Governor Cuomo and, and, and Marcus runs a good solid race race across the rest of the state, then there's a real opportunity here and, and, and people understood that when they explained it to them. It, it, they always hear the rhetoric, well we've got a great candidate, we can go up but to go up against a machine like like Governor Cuomo's with the with the finance he has and the backing he has is is a pretty tough uh, road to hoe, but uh, actually that I feel, and, and and people across the country recognize it, that we have a shot here. We have a great candidate, yes, but we also have uh, uh, some circumstances which 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 may leave an opening, and, and uh, we're we're working hard on it. And and Governor Cuomo actually helps our our case in a lot of senses because people are frustrated with his pay-to-play politics and and the types of things that uh, that he lets go on his uh, his completely ignoring ethics. Uh, it's pe- people are truly, truly frustrated with it, and and hopefully we can uh, crawl through that opening. I'd like to see it because, uh, as you know, we, we hold four of the six governorships in New England now, and mm-hmm. I've heard of 
everything, and, and they have a chance to pick up two more. We could we could have all governors, all Republican governors in New England after after this year's election, and uh, I'd sure like to add New York State to that that win column too. Our guest is the chairman of the board of Otis Eastern Service LLC, Charles P. Joyce. They're in Wellsville, New York. He's also the National Republican Committee man representing all of New York State nationally, Charles P. Joyce. If you're listening in Wellsville or Buffalo or Toronto or Washington to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about Charles P. Joyce. He participates in many industry and labor groups. He is a director and past president of the Pipeline Contractors Association, a national group of contractors and suppliers. He has been a member of that group's labor committee since 81 and has chaired the committee since 95. He is chairman of the International Union of Operating Engineers Pipeline Training Fund, chairman of the Laborers International Union of North America Employers Training Fund, and Collection Trust, chairman of the National Pipeline Policy Committee. He serves as the association's liaison to the Interstate Natural Gas Association of America and the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission and is director of New York Oil Producers Association, a great business leader from Wellsville, Charles P. Joyce. And let's talk about a man you know, Donald J. Trump. It seems that we're having the lowest unemployment figures for Hispanic and black population in history, also the highest employment for women. Let's talk about Donald Trump and the economy. How is he doing? Brian, I think he's doing very well. But but, uh, he's a controversial figure. We all recognize that. that He says what's on his mind, and sometimes uh, some of us wish that he was a little bit more circumspect about that, but 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 you can't argue with results, and that's what he's getting. He's cut regulation down by forty percent. The number of people working on things or not working on things has gone gone way down. He's starting to show results, and and, and I talk to people on both sides of the aisle in both houses, and what they tell me is that. There's there's a lot of cooperation going on behind the scenes, and people get caught up in the in the the showy, glitzy issues that that are out there, the Russian deal and and, uh, and other things. And while they're concentrating on that, there's real work being done in the trenches, and and, and things things are being accomplished. And and so they the the people, the senators, the congressmen that that I talk to feel like they, it's, it actually makes, makes it easier for them to work because they can do it behind the scenes and, and get something done. So, and, and I think President Trump's plan allows them to do that. And he takes a lot of the heat on himself, but he's always moving forward. And as I travel around the country, especially uh, as a national committeeman, it's, this, this isn't a donor group. This, this is, these are a, elected positions, and I meet with other Republicans from around the country. We meet four times a year, and I'm in contact with them uh, on a regular basis, and 
these people believe in, in Donald Trump. And it's across the country. And, and these are the people that, that are getting out the vote, that are, that, are, that are bringing people to the polls, that are talking about the issues. And they see, they, they, they see what really is taking place rather than uh, being swayed by what they read in the newspaper or see on the TV or, <clears throat> or read off the Internet. They, they, they feel it. They feel it in their paychecks. They feel it on their farms. They feel it at, the, at their jobs. They, they understand that, that we're doing things after being dormant for so many years with, uh, with, in the Obama administration with nothing getting done. You're going to ruffle some feathers as, as you move forward, but that's the only way we're going to get anything done. So I, I believe in the man. Do, do I always agree with everything he says? No, but he's the president. I follow him. Very good. Uh, let's talk uh, for a few minutes about the situation. I understand you have hundreds of employees with Otis Eastern, and they have to leave New York State during the week to be involved with fossil fuels. Uh, how difficult the situation is this, that you have to transport people out of New York State to deal in the oil and gas industry? Well, it, it, it's difficult on families. For one thing, these, these people leave uh, leave on, home on Sunday evening and don't get back until Saturday evening and then do it again week after week after week. And my people travel to Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, Maryland, Virginia, all over to build pipelines that uh, that they could be working on right in, in New York State if, if we could get the, the proper cooperation out of the state government. But but it, but it's tough on families. But but they've got good jobs. They're high paying jobs, and and they pay New York State income tax. <clears throat> they come back and build their homes here, and 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 bring the money that they make out of state back into the state. So so it's it's actually a good thing for the state, isn't it? Uh, that they maintain residence here, but but again, and, and it's hundreds of people too. I mean, at, at sometimes in peak construction season, we employ about fifteen hundred construction workers, and um, and a good good share of them live in in the, in the counties in western New York and 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 travel with us up, uh, every year, year in and year out. I'd like to see them be able to make a living at home. And you, and you mentioned when you were talking about. Uh, uh, some of the groups that I'm involved in, mm -hmm. I've been involved in a lot of committees with <clears throat> with organized labor. We're we're a union shop, and and we're, we're proud of that. And, and we get good construction workers from the from the local unions. And the rank and file, the people out there doing the work, recognize what Donald Trump is doing for industry construction. That that he's out there allowing us to build things. And, and get things done and, and giving them good jobs that, that have uh, uh, health and welfare benefits, medical coverage, and pension benefits. And so they understand that this is, these aren't idle promises that have been made. <clears throat> They're, the economy is moving because of what's happening down in Washington now, and, and, and that's a big shift because traditionally uh, craft organized labor mm -hmm was not a friend of the Republican Party, but I've seen a big shift in the last three or Good. four years. Uh, Charlie, I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. A leading businessman in New York State, chairman of the board of Otis Eastern Service LLC in Wellsville, 
also the National Republican Committee man for the Republican Party representing New York State, Charles B. Joyce. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, Director of Production for the last 15 years. Thank you for enlightening us so much about national issues, Charles P. Joyce. Have a great day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.